Site structure is how you organize your website content. It can be a huge defining factor for not only your readers to understand your website, but also for Google to understand how all of the posts and pages on your website work together. Strengthening your site structure is something that you can always be improving on, and I know it can be a little bit of a mystery of where to get started. So today I'm sharing three ways that you can strengthen your site structure starting right now. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey, food bloggers, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So excited that you are tuning in to this episode and hopefully ready to get a little bit nerdy with me because this topic is one that I find very fascinating. And I also know that it is something that is very, very misunderstood and kind of overwhelming to jump into and get started. But before we jump into this topic, let me first give a warm welcome to any new podcast listeners who are tuning in. We have been doing a lot of podcast interviews and different marketing tactics, and so we've had a lot of new podcast listeners lately, which I am so thankful for. I'm always thankful for growing the show and reaching more food bloggers like you. So if you're brand new to the podcast or you've just been listening for a little while, welcome. So glad that you are tuning in to today's episode, and I know that you are going to walk away with some really great tips for how to strengthen your site structure. If you are a return listener to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. It is just mind-blowing to me that this podcast is almost four years old, I think. I can't remember now if it's three or four years old. Kind of what happens with your blog. You just don't really remember when you got started. But if you have been around listening for a month or for the entire time this podcast has been around. I'm so thankful for you and I'm so thankful for your feedback on these podcast episodes that really help me to know that you guys like this content and that it is helpful for you. It is always so fun when I'm able to see that somebody has recommended the podcast in a Facebook group or I'm able to connect with a listener over on Instagram. So anyways, thank you so much for being here, whether you are a brand new listener or a return listener. My name is Madison Wetherill and I am the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios, where we specialize in building custom websites and brands for food bloggers looking to take their business to the next level. I always say that the food bloggers that we work with are looking to really niche down and hone in on their visual branding and website and to really create a niche resource for their audience. It's something that they have been working towards for usually a couple of years and they're really ready for their website to match the caliber of the business that they have built over the last few years. So if you're ever just curious about how we work with clients or you want to start planning ahead for what it would look like to work together in the future, you can always head over to graceandvinestudios.com, click on the services tab and see the different types of packages that we have, what our availability is, the cost, the details, all of that information will be right there for you. You can also always go to the show notes and we have a direct link there to learn how to work with us. 
Now, as you may know, if you have been listening for a little while, I am coming up on a maternity leave for our family. We're going to be bringing our third baby into this world and becoming a family of five. And at the point that this episode is going live, we are in the green zone for when baby could come. Um, My actual due date is not for a few weeks, but we're kind of past the mark of 36 weeks where baby is healthy and could be here. So it is very weird to be recording this episode early, knowing that by the time you're listening to this, we could already have a new baby in our family. But apart from that, I also am just trying to commit to sharing a little bit more behind the scenes and personal updates of my life. And one thing that I wanted to share that I am loving lately is making sourdough bread. Now, I know I kind of missed the bandwagon by having just started this process a few months ago or even a few weeks, really. I know that this was super popular in the height of the pandemic, but for me, this was something that I did not have the capacity for when during that time or even when we were moving. And as we have settled into our new home, it's really become a rhythm that I have really enjoyed. Something that you may not know about me is that I really enjoy the simple things in life. I would say that in general, I'm a very simple kind of no fuss kind of girl. I don't, I don't like fuss. We'll just keep it at that. And so sourdough, while it is something that takes technique and practice and patience. To me, it is something that it has been so forgiving in terms of messing up the recipe or adjusting. It's also been very, very interesting to me to see how every single time I make a loaf of sourdough, the dough is completely different than the last time, but yet it somehow turns out well. And that's what I mean by it's forgiving. So If you did not get on the sourdough bandwagon yet and you have been wanting to, let me just encourage you that it is well worth your time and it will be a routine that I think you will really enjoy adding into your family. We are at the point now where I almost need to bake two loaves at a time because we eat them so fast because they're just so good and I love that it is so simple to make them. And yeah, so that is something that I'm really loving lately. I would love to hear or see something that you have been loving lately if you wanna share that over with me on Instagram at Vine, or if you are a sourdough connoisseur and wanna chat all things nerdy sourdough, feel free to send me a message. For those of you who are not sure where to start when it comes to sourdough, one of our clients is one of the sourdough queens out there, and that is Amy from Little Spoon Farm. We have a whole podcast episode with her about her journey from zero to four million page views on her blog, and so you can check that episode out and also check out her blog if you need some sourdough tips to get started. Okay, sourdough aside, baby updates aside, let's dive into this very, very nerdy conversation around site structure. So as I said in the introduction, site structure is how you organize your website content. And this is really something that I think you need to be intentional about thinking about before you even get started, because it is one thing to just go back and add a bunch of links to blog posts. But if you can really be intentional about the way that you want to set up a process for yourself to link your blog posts, it can really create a web and a foundation for how you're going to be successful at this. So let me back up and share a quote that I read as I was researching this 
podcast episode, and it is an article that I read from Yoast all about site structure. They have a ton of different articles about site structure if you really, really want to go down this rabbit hole. But if you are just getting started with this idea or you're, you know, not doing some of these things that we're going to talk about today, I would start here before you really dive in too much deeper. But Yoast says that your site needs to have a defined structure because without it, it will just be a random collection of pages and blog posts. Your users need this structure to navigate on your site, to click from one page to another. Google also uses the structure of your site to determine what content is important and what is less relevant. So this is really the best way for us to get started in this conversation around site structure because it shows us how this is supposed to work and why it is so important. Without intentional and defined site structure, your site is just a bunch of random links with no connection between them. But when you're able to connect a blog post to a page or to a recipe index or connect blog posts together, you're able to create this web that not only Google understands, but your readers can also understand and decipher as well. Even if you have a really well-defined sort of micro niche, you are still going to have a variety of topics and blog posts and categories and other pages that are part of your website. So site structure is really going to help you to organize these in a way where someone instantly can find what they're looking for. This gets increasingly complicated as you have more content on your website. So the earlier you can start on this and build a habit of this, the better. Good user experience increases the likelihood of someone going from being a random person who found you on Google to a return visitor to your website. And return visitors are more likely to take action like subscribing to your email list, browsing around more content on your site, or eventually maybe even purchasing products. So that's why site structure is so important. The first way that you can strengthen your site structure is by using internal linking. Google understands your content through links. That is the only way that the algorithm and Google makes sense of all of the text and even context on your website, and that is through how links connect. One way that this happens is when there are more links to a specific page or to a specific post, it basically sends a signal to Google that this is potentially a high value page. Now this works for both internal and external links. But the good news is that you don't have to wait until you have been featured somewhere like BuzzFeed to get all of that internal linking juice and to strengthen that structure. You can start doing this now by linking to your own content in a really intentional way. Now, I mentioned earlier when I talked about sourdough, maybe this is why sourdough is on my mind, that when I... We have had our client, Amy Duska, on the podcast before. She was on the podcast in episode 119. And one of the things we talked about in that episode was the secret to her success and why she thinks her blog took off so quickly like it did. And it wasn't just because it was about sourdough, but it was about how she built a foundation within her content. And before she ever published a single blog post on her new site, she had a plan for how her blog posts were all going to connect to one another. If you have never thought about this for your site, that's totally okay. You can start at any time. But the point here is it should be something of a logical connection, how your blog posts connect and interlink to each other, not just pushing out random links to random blog posts because you want to appease the Yoast plugin or just make sure that you have a link in there. You really want to think through strategically what posts make the most sense. So in each of your blog posts, you want to make sure that you are linking out to relevant blog posts. And the key here is that they are topically relevant to the blog post that you're on. So I've given a few examples of grilling recipes lately. So in a grilling recipe, it would make the most sense to link to other grilling recipes. It would not make the most sense to link to a smoothie recipe or a 
dessert that is made in the wintertime. You really want these to be topically relevant and the context of these blog posts to make sense when you put them all together. When possible, it's ideal if you use something that is already performing well or a cornerstone content piece, which Yoast defines as the best and most complete content. So if you have a number one ranking post that makes a lot of sense to link to in a blog post, then do that, that's great. But you also can do this retroactively by taking your really well-performing blog post and adding links to some of the other supporting content that you've written around it to try to help rise up all of those posts in terms of their value and the level that Google sees those blog posts at. Hey food bloggers, how would you like to end the year with your best quarter four ever? Every year when quarter four rolls around, you might find yourself scrambling to get ahead and actually enjoy some time away from your business for the holidays. Well, this year I have something that is going to help you prepare for the best quarter of the year. Sizzling Summer Camp is a free challenge to cook up your best quarter four yet. Throughout this challenge, you'll be walked step-by-step through what you need to do to prepare for having a successful quarter to wrap up this year. This is going to be action-packed with everything that you need to know and the steps you need to take to make sure this year ends on a high note. I do not skim the surface at all when it comes to sharing the best tips for making sure your content, your website, and your brand is ready for an exciting quarter. All you need to do to join this completely free challenge is head to graceandvinestudios.com summer to sign up. Now, a few of the things that we'll be covering throughout the weeks of this challenge are things like setting your goals for quarter four, making a plan for your content, a DIY website review and audit, raise your RPM and make more money, and a site speed tune-up. These are just some of the things that we'll be covering between the end of July and the beginning of October. We have different ways for you to get accountability throughout this challenge and plenty of reminders to take action so that you will see the results that you're wanting head over to graceandvinestudios.com summer to sign up for the free challenge. And you can also find a link in the show notes. Can't wait to see you there. The second way that you can improve your site structure is by focusing on your navigation menu. Now your navigation menu is essential for users to understand your website structure. It sort of puts it in front of them how the website is laid out. It's also really important for them to understand at a glance what your site is all about. It is found on nearly every page and it should house the most important and essential links that someone needs to find at a glance. So on your navigation bar, you want to make sure to include links to your main categories, your other top cornerstone content or resources like a recipe index, resource pages or posts, etc., and any essential links, making sure that you use a secondary navigation menu for non-essential items like your about page, your contact page, terms and conditions, all of those sorts of things. Those need to be on your website somewhere, but they don't need to be in your primary main navigation that everybody sees. Something to consider is that with proper internal linking structure, your readers shouldn't have to click through multiple pages or links to get to your important content. So you really want to make it easy for people to get to that highest value content. That is why we talk about having things like your popular posts right on your homepage or those resource posts that you put so much time into linked directly on your homepage that people can find them super easily. And you can also head back and listen to a related episode talking all about what you should have on your homepage. And that is episode 27. So you have to scroll back quite a ways back to find that episode, but it is still super relevant and has tons of great information about what you should have on your homepage. The third way that you can focus on strengthening your site structure is by utilizing breadcrumbs. 
Now, if you're thinking in your head, bread, what? Then you're not alone there. I know breadcrumbs can be one of those weird things that some people know about and some people don't. But breadcrumbs are essentially the clickable link that you see at the top of every page. These are really common on sites like Amazon or Walmart, and they basically visually explain the structure of your website and give readers a way to jump back to the previous level. Oftentimes the previous level is going to be the category, most often the primary category where the blog post lives. So for example, if you can visualize this with me, your breadcrumbs might read home, desserts, which would link to the category page, and then berry sugar cookie bars linking to your blog post itself. For sites that have more of a complex parent and category situation, you might have something that says home, desserts, cookie bars, and then the name of your blog post. So in that example, we're going from homepage to parent category to child category, then to the blog post itself. But you can see how this is helping me to visually understand that there are more cookie bars or there are more desserts for me to look through if I'm interested in that. One of the ways that we really like to structure our client's breadcrumb paths is to make sure we include the recipe index in there because we are spending a ton of time really defining strategically what the recipe index is going to do for our clients and their readers. And so this is a great tool for site structure because it helps to really define the reader's next steps. And it often is going to have links to the most important category pages as well. So including that in your breadcrumb structure is a really great way to just enhance that user experience even more. So in that example, that would mean that the breadcrumbs would look like home, recipes, which would link to the recipe index, desserts, and then your blog post title. If you are not using breadcrumbs right now, I would highly recommend the Yoast plugin for setting this up on your site. They make it super easy to set up and start just utilizing this function that, again, is going to not only help Google to understand the structure of your site, but also your readers. Okay, so I know that was a super quick overview when it comes to site structure, but just to recap, Site structure is how you organize your website's content. And the more clear you can be with your, how your site structure is defined, the easier it is for your readers to go down those reader paths that you want them to go down. And it also makes it a lot easier for Google to understand the hierarchy and organization of your website. So the three things that you can start doing if you're not doing them already to strengthen your site structure is to one, start using internal linking, prioritizing your best content when you can, but making sure to be linking out to relevant content in every blog post. Two, to be focusing on your navigation menu, making sure that this is really clean and efficient for someone being able to get to your important pages. And then third, to start utilizing breadcrumbs and you can utilize the Yoast plugin to be able to set those up but making sure that this is a helpful tool that you have activated on your website. I hope that you guys will take these tips and use them. And if you are already doing all of these three things, I honestly would just love to know that you are doing all three of them, but hopefully you learned something new in this episode and can take this and implement it onto your website and start seeing hopefully some great SEO results from it. But if not, at least you know that you are creating really strategic and intentional reader journey paths for your audience to be able to dive down and find the content that they are looking for. And with that, friends, I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to the vinepodcast.com. Talk soon.